Walking with Facts and Tips. Hi, and welcome to the A&J PEI Treasures E. Jean Simpson author blog post and podcast. I'm your host, Jean, coming to you from the beautiful province of Prince Edward Island, Canada. Oh, thank you. The blog post and podcast is an opinion piece and only reflects this author's opinion and not that of any other entity. I hold no designations in politics, economics, or medicine. I am retired from the mental health field. I am a humanitarian and speak from that viewpoint only. Whether you agree with me or not, at least I hope it makes you think. This week I share some thoughts and useful facts and tips. If you want to find out more, then stay tuned. For my blog post this week, I look through my news feed. Some of it is unbelievable. Some things I thought were just bad jokes. I'm always caught by surprise by what people will think when available evidence says differently. Let's look at one such example. In 2020, psychologist and neuroscientist Wei Li Ma summarized the state of research on women in chess as, quote, there is currently zero evidence for biological differences in chess ability between the genders, unquote, but added, quote, that does not mean that there are certainly no such differences, unquote. Now, for those of you not in the know about psychological research, one of the things in my day was that things had to be stated tentatively and replication is needed to confirm this findings. So the added stuff is just psychobabble that is deemed necessary by the profession, but for the layperson muddies the waters. In other words, what she says is our study shows zero difference between biological differences in chess ability and gender, but someone else might do another study and find something more. They do find some female gender differences, but they tend to disappear when played against men in a double-blind study. So would it make a difference whether transgender people played chess? Well, the science says not, and I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post. Now moving on to another fact that I've had to look up to share a link over and over ad nauseum because it comes up constantly and it is the answer to a very dangerous piece of misinformation. Quote, researchers have taken different approaches but have similarly failed to find a connection between homosexuality and child molestation. So the statements made online trying to make such a connection are false, but some still try to find a connection and dig deep for it. Then any supposed proof is blown to the winds like so many dandelion seeds without evidence. A secondary one with this regard is another dangerous piece of misinformation, and I tend to use misinformation and disinformation inappropriately, I'm sure. It is important to know that LGBTQ2S plus means, and I found the following, but it wasn't complete to add the 2S in Canada, which stands for two-spirit, which adds to the following definition, Remember, different countries may have different acronyms as well. The quote is, LGBTQ is an acronym for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning and or queer. The community has been wrongfully associated with pedophiles in the past. It has been widely reported that this link is untrue. And I've got a link to my podcast right up in my blog post to the article. Of course, 
the words this link refers to the misinformation about the LGBT2S plus connected to pedophiles. Even with all this information, misinformation is still passed around to damage this group. On the other hand, sexual minority children are more likely to be victims. In other words, LGBTQ2S plus children are more likely to suffer many forms of abuse, including sexual. And I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to that. Some studies exist that suggest some inappropriate things. So the other thing about psychological studies is that some can have flawed procedures. So if you're going to bandy about studies, maybe check out the feedback on it from their peers, as most will have opinions and replicate, which also can disprove poorly done studies. Yes, replication is doing the same study over again to see if you get the same or different results. They may make a few changes because they think something might have gotten better information. You'll be able to find that too. Not every study is golden. Always having been a curious person, when I see something that seems intolerant, I tend to check it out and try to find the science behind it. I think some of the most damaging misinformation out there surrounds the LGBTQ2S plus community, and it is literally killing people, including people just supporting inclusion. I've got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to just one case. And it tells a sad story of a person being murdered just for being a supporter. False claims of protecting children against LGBTQ2S plus people are fueling anti-transgender legislation. The quote does not give the whole problem as the article does. Not only has this been used by some religions to argue that children need to be protected against transgender people, but also that they need to protect children against gay, lesbian people, etc. too. They have restricted rights for sexual minorities and made them unable to work with children. It has been used for a wholesale argument to talk about recruitment. I got a link in my podcast right up on my blog post to a Washington Post article. This brings me to another piece of poorly researched information, the recruitment fallacy. I cannot even begin to count the times I've felt the need to say they're not recruiting because the rant makes it sound like there's some kind of recruitment drive going on. This is not factual, nor is it useful. These conspiracy theories are based on early anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and posit that the LGBT movement is an instrument of foreign control and domination. And I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to an article on that. The argument is also made that the transitioning of transgender kids is being done on young children. And again, this is discussed to be false in the Washington Post article above. My new vocabulary for the week comes from an article shared by Mr. George Takai, and it is stochastic terrorism. It was the first time I ever saw stochastic terrorism used. The article talks about the term, and I got a link to my podcast right up on my blog post to the article he shared. I had not heard that word prior, and it seems a relative newcomer to the discussion of human rights in modern times. Actually, the term appears to be a relative newcomer, only being used since 2018 modernly. I got a link to my podcast right up in my blog post to that. Sorry, I don't always keep up with the latest terms. This one explains a truly frightening phenomenon. 
It is a word we need to understand and to be aware of. We also need to understand the huge harm done by scapegoating activities towards all minorities. Another bit of misinformation that has been passed around for centuries is in the area of religious intolerance. The false rhetoric around one religion is that of Wicca. Detractors emphatically state that it is not a religion, that they worship the devil, do evil, and maybe even kill small animals. The article explains how false it is, and got a link in my podcast write-up and in my blog post on that. Admittedly, I did have a druid cousin who did sacrifice a pumpkin years ago, and other stuff that got some bad publicity at the time. It bought a lot of attention, and he slowly drifted out of the limelight. I got a link in my podcast write-up and in my blog post to that. No one quite knew what to think of it at the time, as many don't know what to think about it now. However, as with the pagan religions, Wicca is simply nature-based and some meet with others and some are solitary. Being solitary does not mean that one is undecided, but that they can practice within their own experience. Beliefs are varied and there are many different sorts. Solitary Wiccans often make their own path using their ethics. No one wants to accept that there are different religions and different ideologies. They figure you're just unfocused and will come around if they present enough religious options to you or maybe drive you away from it to a real religion. Religious intolerance has been going on for centuries. Always the accepted religion of the area is the one that decides what it should be. We seem to have gone backwards in time in this regard on a lot of things. Even now, there are people spewing hate against Jewish people. There's also hatred between various sects within the various religions. People are using religion as a weapon rather than as a spiritual comfort. Personally, I don't care what religion you are. My philosophy is that as long as you don't spew love one another and as I have loved you and then add provisos, I'm fine with you. I'm not recruiting. I'm not interested in being recruited. I'm not a leader and I'm not a follower in this regard. This next idea is a big one. People go around saying that they have the right to free speech. Their free speech isn't hurting anyone. Many organizations around the world suggest differently. UNESCO itself has a statement on some resources if you want to know more. I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to that. According to this article, and it's another one I've got in my podcast right up in my blog post, there is more to the idea. The thing we need to guard against is allowing free speech to degenerate into hate speech and stoastic terrorism. This idea includes hate speech creating the perfect storm to encourage violent acts. So one thing we may need to look at is what the difference between free speech and hate speech is. Is it possible that there is a problem in the USA because there is no legal definition of hate speech under US law? But they do go on to state, generally, however, hate speech is any form of expression through which speakers intend to vilify, humiliate, or incite hatred against a group or a class of persons on the basis of race, religion, skin color, sexual identity, gender identity, ethnicity, disability, or national origin. I got a link in my podcast right up in a blog post to that quote. It makes me wonder if it is so easy to sum up. Why is tolerance lacking in some American politics and in the world in general? Would a change or addition to law make it a difference? Some research has been done in the area of social inclusion. For example, Therborn, 2007, posits that all individuals need to be physically present in a society and have a voice that is respected. I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post to that. 
They find there are benefits to this, but many complications and no society yet has perfected inclusion. There is also suggestion that minority groups are prone to exclusion and it is negative effect. A recent iteration of the term social exclusion has its roots in the European Union, where it has been described as a relational process that interferes with social cohesion or the ability of groups to accept diversity and tolerate difference. And that's O'Connor's study in 1998. And I got a link in my podcast right up in my blog post that talks about the article. What this suggests is that lack of inclusion creates problems with social cohesion. This means we separate into groups and the devalued minority groups are excluded and this leads to problems. Without addressing this aspect, we will remain a society fragmented and forward momentum will be stalled. This makes it important to stop devaluating groups based on race, religion, orientation, age, etc. I end this blog post with the following quote by Bernard Barash. Every man has a right to his opinion, but no man has a right to be wrong in his facts. And it should be gender neutral, but it wasn't. This is the main point of the blog post and podcast. We need to deal in facts and science and not keep society at a standstill. Self-research can be important, but more important is factual information. There's so much misinformation, disinformation, and hate that exists around the marginalized groups that we need to take special care to make sure we have the proper facts. We owe this to our fellow humans. Whether you agree with me or not, I hope it makes you think. Thanks for listening to my podcast and or reading my blog post, and thanks for your interest in A&J PEI Treasures. Keep watching because we're always working on something. Thank you. Blog posts are available on WordPress and Goodreads. Podcasts are available on Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just to name a few. All my ebooks are on Smashwords. You can find us on Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thank you for reading or listening. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.